Well, Patty, I thought we had a great interview today with Tebow uh, over at Order Out, uh, just talking about the future of delivery. We've talked so much about the yeah. impact of this, at, you know, taking processing volume. And so right, right. we give some some practical things that you could take away from this. And then also some things a little more futuristic of thinking about the future of delivery and how that's going to be uh, overlapping with vertical specific ISVs, which. Yeah, I thought know, it that, was very educational, James. I mean, for yeah. me, at least it was. And I and I think your questions from the field sort of uh continued that education um, oh, process right. if you'd like to talk about that for a minute yeah so i basically just continued the conversation and talk about why i had tebow on on the podcast because those some of some might think oh this isn't, isn't really payments related exactly but it really is because it's such an external threat to us uh in our industry with with doordash and uber eats and and again talking about verticalization which is the big trend right now so we get into all nice. that and the questions from the field and then patty give us uh the insiders what was that about today uh, we're talking about a lawsuit against apple it's uh you know one of many lawsuits out there but uh james and i got into a very interesting conversation about about that. Um, this episode is um, brought to you by Nativia, and I should uh, interject that neither James nor I um, have a client relationship with Tebow or his company. That's and right. With that, James, what do you say we get going with the podcast? Let's do it. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. Today we're here joined by Tebow, who is the CEO at Order Out. How are you doing today, Tebow? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, thank you for being here. Really excited about this particular conversation. Had the chance to connect with these guys uh, a while back, and they're really doing some incredible things here with delivery. Uh, and so they've got an awesome integration with Clover, which of course we'll get to, but just this whole concept of, of delivery and how important it's going to be to the future of the payment space, the future of um, SaaS companies. So I'm really excited for this conversation. But before we dive into that, Tebow, love to hear your story. How did you get into this crazy business and what was your journey to what you're doing today? Sure. Yeah. So um, I moved from New York to Miami around 2018. This is when uh, Order Out started. Uh, I was a CTO. Overall, uh, um, when I was in New York, I saw uh, when uh, Uber Eats started, I had some friends that were working there uh, from right the beginning. I saw the crazy growth. I also saw the same thing with Postmates. That was right at this moment. Right. When I was in, in Miami, uh, I, 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 I met some people and we, we started you know, brainstorming about that because we realized that uh, these companies like Uber Eats or DoorDash uh, were not at all integrated with the restaurant uh, technology and their POS. Right. Uh, they were just giving a, an iPad, a tablet to everyone and, and a little bit honestly messy. Uh, so we, we, we started looking at that. The beginning was a, a little bit chaotic because the, uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash didn't open their system to outside right. partners. Right. Uh, and... Uh, so we, 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 we played a little bit with that, and then we started opening their system, particularly during COVID. That's where we got very big growth, and that's also when I became the CEO. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's great. So I thought we would start out by maybe zooming out a little bit and just talking about delivery in general. So when we think about delivery service, you know, we're all really familiar with this. We go on our DoorDash app or Uber Eats. We order food primarily, right, and it comes to us. But you know, what are the challenges that small business owners, maybe restaurants, maybe even other businesses that are looking to get into this and looking to offer more convenient options for their customers? What are the big challenges that the SMB market is facing with delivery today? Um, I think overall in the last five years, there is a, a, a growth in, in, in deliveries that has been in the 20% year over year. Mm -hmm. Always, and everyone knows that it, it, it's growing. Um, restaurants, they always have the, they always had food delivery, you know, there, it's just became easier and faster uh, with the time. But 
delivery fees became very high. You know, Uber right. Eats started 30%. Now it's more 25. If you are a big restaurant or a big group, maybe you are in the 10 or 15%, still very expensive. We see today the biggest growth for supermarket and liquor store, okay, because mm. we also support. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also start to see some uh, interest for CBD uh, delivery. So okay. extremely hard to do it uh, for CBD, or almost none. Uber Eats and DoorDash don't support it yet. Right. Um, we have some small players that are open to it, but again, very complicated. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit like liquor delivery, like, like five years ago, four years ago, liquor delivery was complicated. They put some process in place, you know, to be compliant, particularly with ID and all that stuff. CBD is a little bit more complicated, but it's getting there. So overall, we see that the delivery, you know, companies try just to adapt uh, based on uh, the, 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 the nature of the, the, the business. Uh, it just takes time, you know, again, to be compliant and, and stay legal. Uh, overall, that's, that's the summary we see. Yeah. I got so it. are you saying then, I, I'm, I'm just curious because you know, you talk about liquor, you talk about CBD. I know when I go on to DoorDash or Uber Eats, unfortunately, I live in the middle of nowhere, so almost nobody delivers to me. Um, but I love to look and see what's on there, you know, and I see often see like, like the, the drugstores, you know, the CVSs and the Walgreens. Mm -hmm. I see the convenience stores like 7-Eleven and Wawa on there. Um I haven't yet seen liquor stores, but when you bring up CBD, at least where I am in Maryland, um, liquor stores are a common place for CBD. Um, yeah, so, so they will restrict yeah. it. Usually they will restrict it, you know. So it's okay. also a liquor store. Uh, you know, maybe you can, you know, usually you won't be able to get cigarettes, you know. You can get right. uh, uh, but, alcohol delivered, but, but not cigarettes. And they restrict it in the platform. And that, that's gotcha. okay. a challenge. So it's know? in the platform. When I go in and order, I'm not going to even be able to order, say, CBD or... No, or you should not. That or my, or my favorite um, herb or something. <laughs> right, no, no, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting, and I think you know, I think Tebow, when we when we look at delivery from the ISO agent perspective, right? I think when when they look at delivery today, um, in my mind, there's two different things that they see with this, right? Um, the first challenge that they see is just providing a good experience to their to their merchant. Um, I had an interesting experience I was going to share with you. Uh, I'm working right now on a new restaurant uh, that's doing a point of sale system. I'm making some content for a sponsor. And uh, it was really interesting having a conversation with the restaurant owner. And I was like, how do you do DoorDash? And they literally have a fax machine, right? And they get a fax whenever there's a new DoorDash order. And they have this really, wow. uh, they have a People nice point of sale system. still have fax machines. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So it, that just kind of highlights how inefficient, <laughs> right? That, that you're just talking about. You know, crazy this. Do you know why? Because fax is free, but if you want, if you some sometimes I think you can negotiate. But if you don't negotiate, uh, DoorDash is making you pay six dollars a week to have their uh, iPad. Oh wow! So if you don't uh, use us, uh, if you don't use us, and if you don't want to pay, you know, 24, 20, 24 bucks a month right. for an iPad that you rent, you are not buying it. It's going forever. Uh, you can do fax. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, and, and again, even if you have the tablet to your point, I mean, for those that maybe haven't really gotten into this very much, that's a very inefficient 
way to handle this, right? Not because not it's still not it, integrated. Yeah, right? it's still not I in mean, the point of sale system. It's still not going to go to the kitchen printers and all of that stuff by default. You're going to have to rekey that in or handle it in some kind of separate manner. Um, and so it's so it's very frustrating. So I think there's there's that piece of it um, of just like, hey, let's make a better experience for the the merchant by integrating. But then I think the other opportunity is you know, hey, we're losing all this revenue to DoorDash and Uber Eats and everybody else. They're taking the processing volume. So we'll get to that one later. Let's let's talk first about this improved customer experience. So, um, you know, how does order out solve some of these challenges that the merchants are facing? Um, and, you know, what's that value proposition that agents and ISOs could be able to go out and pitch to people? So our number one focus has been onboarding. <clears throat> we only focus on that, you know, when we start anything. So we are the only one right now that if you have Clover and uh, Uber Eats, if you have your password, if you remember, you know, the mm -hmm. Uber Eats password, without even talking to us, just by going on our system, our dashboard, and following the, the, the onboarding flow, you can be live in minutes, like with Clover. Everyone is usually talking days. Clover is offering a, a basic solution. Uh, it takes more than a week. Uh, and usually they send, you know, like Clover say contact Uber Eats and Uber Eats say contact Clover, you know, this type of right, issue. Right, right. Uh, we are completely, completely, completely uh, you know, uh, do it yourself. Uh, you can do it yourself, you know, right. type of approach. So for an ISO, that helps a lot because we, we, you know, some restaurants are very familiar, for example, with Toast or Square, and they know that they already offer a, a deep integration, neat in-house. Usually when you go with Clover, recently Clover starting again to offer their own, you know, solution, uh, but, but it's very simple. So if you are an ISO or an agent there, you, you are going to, you know, struggle a little bit because you have one more thing to deal with. You, are, you know, you already closed the deal, you are trying to set them up and then they say, okay, my Uber Eats, you know, it's 30%, 35% of my business. I want my Uber Eats in Clover. Someone is like, we have a solution, so for the ball, uh, and right. now you get stuck on the onboarding for days right. or, or longer. Right. With us, you don't have this problem. Uh, also, we support smaller, uh, you know, uh, systems like Chow Now. Chow Now is very big. Mm. Chow Now typically only costs three percent, okay, compared to uh, Uber Eats. So a lot of people are, are, are a fan of that. And also com uh, companies like Wix. So Wix is a is a company where you build websites. Right, they right. have a huge market on uh, on on giving a, a website with an online ordering. Uh -huh. uh, you have to do your own marketing. You have to do your own delivery. But right. if you want a website online and offer pickup, honestly, and you keep all the margin for you, uh, you have Wix. We partner with Wix, so a Wix order will arrive in Clover. Chow now will arrive in Clover. Same thing with Uber Eats, Grubhub, or DoorDash. That's really wow. what we do, and again, completely automatic, drama-free. So, so can you explain for us exactly how the setup process looks for a Clover merchant? You know how yeah. you know how yeah, so, how involved does the ISO or the or the merchant level sales rep have to get? So, if the if the merchant is a, a you know a little bit technology savvy, you know, it's not it's not out. So you go on Clover. There is a marketplace. You download the app. That's it. Now you have it in your point of sale. Then after that, you will receive an email from us that tells you to go to a website named dashboard.orderout.co. We we will already detect that you know you are a Clover customer, so your account is half created. And at this moment, what you really need to do is connecting, let's say, Uber Eats, mm -hmm. and 
click on it. If you remember your username and password, okay, some people sometimes forget that. But if you have it, uh, you click on it, you choose your restaurant in the list, uh, you know, just for permission, and that's it. The next order coming in will be in Clover and will print in Clover. If you have also a KDS, it's going to be visible in your KDS. So what about the financial aspect? I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to know about that. Is this something that an ISO or an agent can make money on today? And how does that work? Yeah, so if they want, obviously they can. Um, what we do, we we for, for ISOs, we, we don't do a subscription. For our retail customer, we do a subscription. For ISO, we do credits. One credit is one order. So let's say you know you need ten thousand credits, or you want to do 10, you want ten thousand credits. You can split them or mix them up with all your pool of merchants. You know it doesn't doesn't matter. You can upsell these credits. You can offer them. You can also do 50-50 with the merchant. We don't care. Uh, the uh, ISO will buy them from fifty five zero cents. Okay, fifty cents and fifteen cents based on volume. Again, like half a dollar to. 15 cents and uh again one order is a is a is a one credit and and uh and they just uh, use uh you know the numbers they need um that's why you know they can honestly do anything they, they want they can sell it one dollar if they want or maybe offer the first 100 every month doesn't matter and so just to clarify something so let's say i'm a i'm a restaurant owner just trying to wrap my head around this I'm already using DoorDash and I'm already paying whatever, right? Like X amount for this, uh, for, for DoorDash, 30%, let's say. So are you saying that whatever this cost would be per order, this is an additional cost in order to use order out? Is that the, is yeah. that what you're saying? Basically in order to have it fully integrated into the system, there's a small per order fee. Yes. But now we see, um, so we see for a point of sale, so we do Clover. Clover is the you know, a big part of, uh, of us, right. but we have also some, some smaller POS. We see some, some of these POS usually, you know, usually offering some credits. So in this scenario, it's free. Okay. For low volume. And then after, you know, when you are doing maybe a thousand, you know, or 2000 orders a month, you know, like when very big restaurant now, you know, they, 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 they ask to pay, to pay for some fee. Again, they, some we, we we see that you know some agents they they take the, the cost on their side because they are getting the deal done you know right. uh, mothers maybe uh, found a way to uh, uh, to you know to upsell it you know a different right. way and and they make the merchant pay but that's true think more twenty five percent than thirty percent in commission these days the highest is, is usually 25%. And if you are in, in some states like New York or anything like that, they start to legally cap it, okay? So it, it's lower. Mm -hmm. uh, but for us, it's a few cents per order that we ask for a big partnership. Love it. Okay. So I think that's so interesting. So again, we, we've got this part handled, which is, hey, if you're selling merchants, especially if you're selling Clover, which I know a lot of our audience is, this is, you know, this is a solution to this problem of, you know, a clean, integrated, full solution that integrates, you know, Uber Eats, DoorDash and all that. So let's transition a little bit because the conversation I really want to have today um, is more about the future. And I know we'll have another podcast hopefully down the road to talk more about this as you roll things out. But what I would actually really like to start with here is, can you explain to our listeners this financial model 
of delivery? Because I think they don't really understand this, right? So, you know, this idea of eventually maybe we're going to be able to like replace DoorDash and Uber Eats and the merchant's going to have maybe their own solution or maybe the ISVs are going to build their own delivery option for their merchants. So talk about how that kind of financial model works and how you see the future of delivery unfolding. Yeah. So let's keep it, you know, for, for food, you know, because that's yeah, a nice right. example. You use Uber, uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash again, 25%. There is one big advantage for that. They handle the marketing, okay? The customer right. goes directly to them. That's beautiful. This is why it's so expensive. Right. Um, now, um, when you are an ISO and, and there is a Uber Eats deal, uh, you know, there is a Uber Eats order, you don't get anything because Uber Eats is, is, is processing it. Right. right? You, you get stuck there. Uh, we see more and more people having their own online ordering system because then they do the processing. Okay, They try also to do the, the marketing, but again, it's, it's hard, a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. But in this scenario now, you don't have a 25% commission, you know, it's just, you know, your processing fees. Then you have a problem for delivery. Okay, you are doing your online ordering. It's great, you process it, but how do you deliver it? People can deliver with the fleet that exists, for example, DoorDash, you use DoorDash for the food, you know, when, when the, for the, the, the marketplace where you buy the food and they deliver it. But you can also use DoorDash just for their driver. That's named DoorDash Drive. Uber does the same thing. It, it's named Uber Direct. If you want to do the delivery yourself, you will have to partner with one of them. Very hard to partner with all of them, okay? Because you need to integrate case by case, sign right. a contract with them, negotiate your price. Right. We did that. So what we do now, we offer a second solution, okay, where we do we deliver anything you want, a package, okay. So, so your food in your the package, but it could be flowers or could be something from the supermarket, and with our API, you get a quote. We are going to tell you Uber Direct, five five dollar fifteen cents, okay, to get it delivered, and uh, delivery expected time is thirty two minutes. You're also going to see DoorDash or Relay or another company big in California, which is Ally. And now in your system, you can offer that to them and you get the same experience than if someone would be ordering directly on DoorDash or Uber because you get the biggest delivery player of the area since we aggregate them. Right, right. And so, yeah, and so I think it's really important. I'm gonna, I'm gonna restate this for our audience from my understanding as somebody who's more of the outsider because I think, you know, to make sure they understand, I mean, this is an API, right? So what we're talking about here is Imagine if I wanted to start a new ISV and I wanted to go after flower shops, right? Well, if I want to go after flower shops, one of the most important pieces of that is going to be delivery. And I've got to integrate that in. Now I could, of course, go to different outside parties where I'm not going to make any money and where those outside parties are probably going to siphon away the processing volume. But because of what you guys are building now, you're kind of bringing all this together into like a platform of you know, an API version of delivery. So now in my software, I can say, I've got this order that needs to be delivered. I can go hit your API and say, I need this to be delivered to this address from my store. Your API hits me back and says, well, you can send it with DoorDash and they're going to cost this much and Uber Eats is going to cost this much. And then on my platform, I can basically run that DoorDash or Uber Eats model, right? Where I can charge something, probably not 25% since we're not doing the marketing, but there can be software fees and other things associated where I can mark up those costs and actually make money on the delivery. But most importantly, I can do the processing for that delivery because it's still in my platform. Did I, did I say everything correct there? Did I miss anything? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, I, again, I, I wanted to have that conversation because I think 
a lot of people in our industry have been waiting for like yeah. what's going to happen next. Like obviously the whole DoorDash Uber Eats thing is kind of ridiculous, meaning, you know, the 25, 30%, I mean, every business owner you talk to believes that's too high. Mm-hmm. In every single one. So whenever right. you have a situation like that, there's always this kind of opportunity and we haven't seen any huge mega competitors coming in to push the pressure down. You mentioned one that's having some success, but my thought has always been that eventually it would go API like what you guys are doing and the ISVs would battle it out kind of in one vertical at a time. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's super interesting. Um, so one other question I had for you, um, you know, talk about this a little bit. So for an ISV, right, let's, we have a lot of ISV execs that listen to the podcast as well. Um, and payments people that are looking to build ISVs. What's the pitch for them, right? Like, how are you seeing ISVs using this technology to, you know, make additional profits to improve the customer experience? What's the elevator pitch for the ISV owner? Yeah, so um, I, I think I slightly, you know, uh, explained it before. I'm going to yeah. repeat, I think, one part of it. If they want to deliver today, they are, again, going to use DoorDash Drive and that's it. They right. cannot, it's at the price and, and maybe right. the speed. We have a problem, you know, for example, in Miami, Uber is uh, is bigger than, uh, I, I am in Miami, uh, Uber is bigger than DoorDash. So if you are nationwide on a DoorDash drive delivery, you know, partner in Miami, uh, who is going to maybe be more expensive uh, or slower because maybe there is less drivers. Now right. think in the middle of America where maybe there is even less of that. Uh, we with us this problem won't happen because we will get the biggest fleet locally you know right uh, at the same cost you know uh, the, the quote is going to tell you the cost the, 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 the price and it's going to tell you the delivery estimate now you can be i want always the cheapest delivery i always want the fastest you can even make your customer pick up do you want the fastest or the, or the cheapest now you can do that but to now you could not do it right yeah, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, the the API from the software can reach out and just say, "Hey, what's what's the quote in this area?" and I can pick the option that is the cheapest or, you know, within the time frame that I need or whatever. So, I love this. I think this is so interesting. I know we could have a lot of further conversations and hopefully we will do that down the road. Um, so, but before I let you go, so again, we got these two things. So one is, I want to be really clear about this because you guys do these two two things. Obviously, they overlap, but it two very different things from the perspective of our audience. One is you have this really seamless Clover integration for people to integrate DoorDash, Uber Eats. Um, And then the second one is you have this kind of API stuff and the ISVs would look at that. But for anybody in our audience that just wants to learn more about your company and what you're doing, where would you send them to learn more? They go to our website, orderout.co, orderout.co, that's the website. They can also contact uh, sales at orderout.co. Um, and uh, that's it. I want yeah. to add one thing. So on Please. Clover, as you said, you know, we 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 integrate directly with Uber Eats. But now, also, if you are a point of sale, uh, typically right. one thousand to three thousand merchants. You know, mm-hmm. we see that as a sweet spot right now. We get a lot of demand. They they get uh, an integration with us. You know, usually we are the exclusive. You know, uh, partner. Right. And now they also have Uber Eats internally. Okay, Clover is. More than 95% of our uh, merchants, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it, we're starting we see, to build out that long tail now. Yeah, a custom integration type, you know, POS, you know, that, that, we do that too. 
I love that. Yeah, right. So if you own a point of sale system and you want to get that seamless experience for your customers, that's the other option to just, yeah. even just to bring in the DoorDash Uber Eats, even if you're not doing your own delivery, but just bringing that in is important. Yep, completely. Yep. Good stuff. Tebow, thank you so much for your time today and your insights. Really appreciate it. I know our audience will be reaching out to learn more about this one. Thank you. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. So, Patty, I w- really want to just today follow up the conversation that we just had with Tebow. Um, yeah. And because I, you know, I'm not sure if our audience is going to quite like get it right off the bat. It is. It's yeah, I take, it and, took me a little bit of time, and I'm hoping that you'll clarify for me a little bit more here. Yeah. So again, I want to go back to a theme that people have heard us talking about for a long time, and that's verticalization. Right. Um, I think that verticalization is going to take over, right? The payments mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about this many times before, but the, the 32nd version of it is that as services become more and more available via API, look at banking services, look at right. lending services, look at insurance, look at payroll, right. look at accounting, all these services as they as the, the APIs improve and as it becomes easier and easier to build software that that is specific to a particular vertical or a particular niche or feature mm-hmm. set or whatever, mm-hmm. I think what we're going to see is that we're going to see more and more of these platforms being built out. Um, and creating these moats around their business to protect them by really customizing what they're doing for a particular business type. That's a really great way to put it, though, James, a moat by putting them. Yeah. A, yeah now, right. I mean, that, that makes yeah. it much clearer, I think, is and like, like I'll give think a, of it in those terms. Yeah, I was doing a podcast. Somebody, I was being interviewed on another podcast the other day. And one one example I gave was I, I was talking about um, CC Storage. Mm-hmm. So one of the ISVs that I own for self-storage property owners. And I said, imagine when you know, I gave two examples. I said, imagine when we roll out um, capital for self-storage property owners. Mm-hmm. So because of banking as a service now, that's not like a crazy idea. We'll no, be able no. to do that. Sure. And think about how incredibly streamlined our process will be when whatever bank we partner with knows everything that comes through our platform is going to be a loan for someone to build a self-storage property, mm-hmm. right? All right. of the due diligence all of the paperwork, all the information they need is going to be standardized. Right. And the approval rates are going to be much higher because we're going to do a deal with a bank that's like interested in doing lending for self-storage property owners to build properties. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when we do that, you know, that that's an example of how, you know, then it's like once we have people that are getting their their money to build their next property from our company, you know, I mean, obviously through another bank, but but their perception is it's through our, our software. Um, what's it going to take to get them to switch to another platform? Right. They're, they're not going to switch. Um, what was the other example? Like, oh, the other example I gave was imagine if, you know, QuickBooks or some of these others come out with an accounting API where we could build accounting software right within our software that is only for people who own self-storage properties. Right. Mm-hmm. How much simpler would that experience be versus the complexity of, of QuickBooks that services everybody? Oh, yeah. Right. Right. So those are examples of it. And so the reason I want to have Tebow on is this is another example of that. There are a lot of verticals. I personally think that just about every physical location vertical is going to fall into this category in 10 years where delivery is going to become a bigger and bigger part um, as, you know, uh, we'll see if cars ever become fully autonomous and at scale. Oh, yeah, we'll I will wonder about that. Yeah. Elon's been working on it for a while, right? But um, 
whether that happens or not, the, the cost of delivering stuff continues to fall or, or at least stay relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of companies are going to want to add their own delivery option. And so with APIs like what uh, you know Tebow's talking about here with Order Out, you know those APIs are going to kind of democratize that idea, just like just like neo banking with you know banking as a service mm -hmm. made it to where I don't have to be a a normal bank in order to offer checking accounts and credit cards. Well, now I don't have to, to go through Uber Eats or DoorDash to offer delivery as a software company. Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And this is huge for our industry because I think it's a way for us to um, grab back market share. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, from DoorDash and Uber Eats that are I've talked about many times that are stealing the volume. Right. Um, but it's also a way to create a better customer experience, because, again, delivery for a flower shop is going to have unique parts to it that are going to mm -hmm. be different from delivery for a pizza. Right. Think about the think about the urgency difference. Right. Just that. Sure. Right? Sure. You know, to build out a platform to say, well, we need pizza delivered. Well, it's got to be hot. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? You say, well, we got to get flowers delivered. Okay. It's usually same day. They have to be alive. They have to be alive, right? But right. It, maybe it's like a birthday. Maybe it's I have to right. pre-schedule sure. it on you a have, certain day. You have a bigger window. Right. It's unlikely somebody wants to order pizza for three days from now, but somebody might want to order flowers now delivered to their wife's office three days from now. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. these unique little, and, and all these little differences and variances are going to play into the verticalization of the market to yeah, where companies sure. are going to say, well, we want to build something and, and delivery is an important part of the customer experience. Why would we use DoorDash or Uber Eats for that? We have to pay 25, 30%. We make no money. They steal the processing volume. Instead, we're going to build our own delivery, you know, for that. And we're going to use an API like this, where we literally just pay the cost of delivery plus 50 cents or whatever it is. Right. And we create that customer experience that people want. So right, um, right. I think it's going to be, and he even mentioned you know, like CBD and liquor stores and, you know, mm -hmm. there's just, there's a lot of really niche, like unique things with different Very types of unique. businesses. And, and I think and, delivery is a great example of that. And I was, I, I was only half joking when I, when I suggested that, you know, Cannabis dispensaries are going to want to have delivery as well. Oh, you know, no doubt. It, it's already done illegally, so why shouldn't right. they do it in the legal market, right? right. I, mean, I mean, yeah, and, it, and we think about it, Patty. I mean, it's it's literally going to be everything. I mean, you yeah. know, the number one reason, and this is pretty crazy when you think about this, the number one reason that I don't shop local very much is because I have to drive there. Uh-huh. Right. Think about uh -huh. it. What what we just heard is the only thing that small business owners have to do to compete with Amazon. Right. 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 They just don't have the delivery. And it's like the fact that they're right down the street is nice, but I still got to walk out in the freezing not, cold, not the thing. scrape the windshield yeah. off and drive down there to pick it up. Yeah. If it was just delivered to my house. Right. So um, I, I had a neighbor say to me the other day, you're worse than me. You're always getting packages. I said, you don't understand. I never go to stores anymore. Right. I order everything online, even right. my groceries. Yeah. And so, and you know, it's like, I want to support local business, but the sure. truth is that is unfortunate. I mean, I have a hard time with that and, you know, and so convenience. I, yeah. And so the convenience is crucial. And so I think all of these physical location businesses are going to go this direction. And so I think APIs like what's being developed there are, are crucial. And I think, again, I'll tell you the other thing I like about this, just like our, I'll, I'll go ahead and do our plug for our sponsor here and kind of put it together because, you know, people are always telling me, well, the TV of banking, right? Like what, yeah. what should I do with that? What should I do with that? And I say, well, the first thing you should do is you should open your own bank account. Right. Be why? Because you need to understand how neobanking and banking as a service, how does it work? What is it? Right. It's time to get familiar. I say the same thing with delivery. It's like, well, James, right. what am I supposed to do with this podcast? Well, if you sell Clover, which most of you do, 
use order out to integrate into Clover. That's why I did this because I like giving people an entry point that makes sense to say, okay, try it out, try it with Clover, see how it works, understand how delivery works and start to get your mind wrapped around that model. And as you right. do that, then opportunities are going to come. I'll give you an example. Some of you listening to this right now, you're going to find an ISV that you want to partner with that mm -hmm. maybe is a flower shop, uh, you know, point of sale or something like that. And you're like, oh, I really want to partner with them. And you're going to be able to bring this to the table and say, right. hey, I've got a company that could do the delivery with an API. What about that? Right now, you just brought something to the table. And that's what's going to be the winners in our in the payments industry are going to be the ones that are able to bring the payments mm -hmm. world and the software world together and add yes. value in the middle. Um, and I think things like this are are how to do that. So I just want to clarify that a bit of this conversation because some people might say, oh, that didn't, well, didn't have as much to do with payments. But it's funny because most of you out there right now, you're already losing 10 to 20%, if not even higher, of your gross processing volume to DoorDash mm -hmm. and Uber Eats. So it has a lot to do with payments is it from a competitive perspective. And I think that number is going to grow to 30 to 40% of your portfolio over the next 10 years as people continue to shift more towards delivery. So I think it's time to understand this competitor, this, this external threat, figure out how to work with that environment and understand that business model so that you can profit from it long-term as well. Great advice. Thank you, James. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. So, James, here's an interesting bit of news. Apple is being sued. Again, um, yeah, the latest <laughs> that, that that sounds like part of the course, but what do we got right, now? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. I, I love being able to say again. Right. <laughs> right. But the latest allegations are that it hampers competition in the peer to peer payments market by restraining feature competition, which in turn um, affects price competition. The lawsuit okay. filed in federal district court in California uh, was filed by users of Venmo and Block's Cash App, who okay. say that they're paying inflated prices because of Apple's technological and contractual restraints on really? what can be carried in the App Store. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So what, what, what does that mean exactly? Because I know you can have Cash App and Venmo on an iPhone, but what are they saying? They're saying it's on there, but it's... It's not coming from. Okay, they're saying that the Apple App Store is not is not selling those particular um, capabilities. Hmm, that's really so. That's interesting to me. I wonder what I have to look into that a little more. So I have an iPhone and I do have Cash App on. You have Cash App on there. That's interesting because here's yeah. what they said. Uh, yeah. Basically, what they're saying is where the rubber meets the road is when it comes to cryptocurrency. Oh, okay. Okay, because absent. Apple's um, restraints, new entrants or existing competitors uh, that want to introduce desirable new features like crypto, okay. um, you know, um, feel that the the cost the cost um, ceiling is way too high. Okay. Okay, yeah. and uh, that it's going to decrease throughput for peer to peer payments hmm. because of the way it's being priced. Hmm. Well, uh, it, it cites without naming efforts to introduce blockchain technology by app providers that were ejected, quote unquote, from the platform for running afoul of agreements. Hmm. Yeah. So, OK, I, now I'm starting to understand a bit more. So, yeah. So maybe for those who don't have the development background here, um, 
right? So the idea is when you want to deploy something to the Android market, right? Uh, right. Google Play. Um, Google Play doesn't actually, at least the last time I looked at it, their model is very different, right? So they're not right. trying to- You just put to, it on there, right? Yeah, I they're, understand not, it. they're not trying to take a percentage of transactions that run through it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, you know, so like a really good example, of this is Audible, all right? So with Audible, for a long time, I think they did eventually fix this and they negotiated something, but for a long time, I couldn't actually buy a new audiobook on my on the app that was in the right. Apple store, which right. is extremely annoying, right? Right. Um, because I can get credits, but when my credits would run out every month, I got to go through and, and do this. Well, the reason is because Audible specifically made that app so that you couldn't pay any money through the app. Because if you pay money through the app, Apple was taking 30% of the revenue. Uh-huh. 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 Right. And so it's right. like you have to log into the website to buy more credits so that you can get books through the thing. You know, it was very annoying. Now, again, I think they finally made a good, they got large enough that they were able to negotiate with Apple and make something reasonable. But yeah, so I would imagine, and the other thing is too, Apple really tightly controls the user experience. Yes, yes. At, which and, is and, always And, and it is a contractual, it is a contractual yes. representation, right? Absolutely. I mean, you yeah, like we sign. like we're we're Apple developers now. We're working on different things for some ISVs and stuff. Uh -huh. And yeah, you have to sign an agreement, their terms of service, and you have to agree to all these restrictions about what you're going to put on the platform because they they fully control kind of that you they want to make sure there's a good user experience. That that's, they fully control that user experience. Yeah, sure. And that's what and that's what they always hide behind in these situations is right. Well, we're doing that because we want to have control the user experience. Um, but that can stifle innovation a lot. Sometimes that stifles innovation. That's what these folks are saying. And interesting. What I thought was interesting, though, was the lawsuit was filed just weeks after Apple and PayPal announced an agreement to add PayPal and Venmo cards to the Apple wallet. Mm, now, again, it's the wallet, not the app store. But you see right. what I'm saying? There's right. like it, right. it's almost as though, like, you know, the, the people on one side of the shop aren't necessarily uh, coordinating with people on the other side of the shop, or, or so it seems. Um, right. And, you know, this is the latest in a long string of lawsuits that have been filed against Apple alleging anti-competitive and unfair competition and, right. you know, on a range of payment issues. Um, in October, a federal judge agreed to hear an antitrust lawsuit filed against Apple by a group of credit unions, which alleged the tech giant unlawful, unlawfully monopolizes the tap to end pay um, mobile wallets for iPhones and watches right. and iPads. It also faces antitrust challenges in the EU for limiting access to competitors, contactless payments, technologies, mm. and in the US where the Department of Justice has a broad case under review um, over monopoly charges around several policies, including access to the app store. Mm. Um, yeah. Latest lawsuit seeks injunctive relief, which means stop them from doing it. Um, they also want Apple to be forced to divide. This is the interesting thing. They want Apple to be forced to divest its Apple Pay business. And they want compensation for what they allege were overpayments um, related to Venmo and Cashmo, Cash App. I'm not sure you know, where this is going to go, but what I find is interesting, I always find it interesting when somebody files a lawsuit involving payments, because so very often, not always, but so very often, um, the parties and I and that includes the you know the judicial parties, mm -hmm. in my mind, don't fully comprehend the payment space. No, 
Uh, you know? I being, yeah, I, I actually was just doing a podcast with James Huber and we were talking about how he ah. like he's, he's an expert witness so often because, right, right. you know, of these things and, you know, the judges and a lot of them just don't don't get it. They just yeah. don't get it. And I, you know, and I get, yeah. I'm kind of paraphrasing James in a way, I guess, because he said the same thing. But I but I've watched these cases for so many years and, it, you know, yeah. some of the most thoughtful decisions have taken years to make. Right. Um, you know, yeah. those being some of the suits against Visa and MasterCard, even then, you know, nobody wants to like no judge or um, attorney general wants to, you know, jump into this and come away with egg on their face. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a complicated industry. And I think I mean, I can't imagine they were going to they're going to be successful in this, but it might yeah. drive some might drive some awareness. And that I think it's the awareness. And I think the fact that kind of how it it juxtaposed with what the credit unions are doing, I think, you know, yeah. It's not just, a, what it's saying is, is this is not just a bank issue. This is not just a merchant issue. It right. kind of like, you know, spans spans across both of those um, groups of people. Yeah. Wow. Well, good stuff, Patty. Thanks for the update. Sure thing, man. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.